It's the Muppet Fans Talking September Special, featuring appearances by our very special guest stars, Taylor Swift, Megan Fox, Katy Perry, Kanye West, Miley Cyrus, Michael Bay, Imagine Dragons, M. Night Shyamalan, Scott wait, Adams, wait, wait. Ted J Cruz. JD, JD, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, Steve Adaya? <laughs> uh, what, what are you doing, man? Well, I'm glad you asked. So, remember when we did that Christmas podcast episode in which I listed all of those special guest stars at the beginning, like it was sort of an old 70s Christmas special kind of thing? Well, yeah, I, I do remember that special. I remember, um, oh, you mentioned George Michael, and then he... Um, he died a few days later, um, and that never got edited out. So I, I do remember that, yes. Okay. So so you, you remember the important part, then? I, I do remember that, yes. You remember that I mentioned a bunch of people, and then days later... There were a later, lot of people. A lot yeah. of people. And then a few days later, one of them sadly passed away. You remember this? I, yes, yeah, it was kind of weird. It's like almost like a weird celebrity Russian roulette that one of them, um, one of them lost. Yeah. Yeah. Also starring Larry the Cable Guy and Kim Jong-un and the creator of Selfie Sticks. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Now, in that special, you listed out a long list of celebrities and you even repeated some names. And one of them then kicked off a couple days later. Yeah. You couldn't have... No. It's, it's, it's just a weird, interesting list of people, J.D., and I know that you don't necessarily like most of the people on this list that is evolving here. So um, what, what are you trying to set up here, J.D.? What, 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 what are you doing here, buddy? Nicki Minaj, Sarah Palin, Toby Keith. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. You're telling me that you're actually hoping you're going to try to kill one of these people by mentioning them in this intro. No, Steve, this isn't killing. It's not even a legal equivalent. It's hardly a moral equivalent. It's more like forcing these people against their will to risk their lives in a game of Russian roulette. And speaking of Russians, Vladimir Putin. David A.R. White, Adolf Hitler, yes, I know Hitler already died once, but you can't be too careful, Michael Eisner, Jeffrey Katzenberg, the whole KKK, Jared Fairclough, and of course, I can't forget... Stop! Nope. Nope. Stop. I know where you're going with this because you're a college kid and so you want to be this diehard liberal, but you don't get to go there. You're an American and you have to show some amount of respect for the people who run this country. You have to draw a moral line here and not cross it. You do not get to joke about that kind of thing. It's not funny. That name is off the table. Well, what if I said his name off mic while the opening theme is playing? Oh, well, yeah, that's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Muppet Fans Talking! Featuring Life Talk with J.D. Hansel, listener voicemails, fan letters, and a complete review of the new Kermit the Frog YouTube video. And now your hosts, J.D. Hansel and Steve Swanson. 
Welcome once again, everybody, to Muppet Fans Talking. Say, Steve, remind me, when did George Michael pass away? Last Christmas. Oh, screw you. Uh, hi, everyone. J.D. Hansel here to host episode three of Muppet Fans Talking for September something of 2017, along with my devoted co-host and less devoted friend, Steve Swanson. Hi there, Steve. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And everybody's doing fine, Steve, to answer your question. Well, this is shaping up to be an exciting show, folks. That's right. At long last, the Muppet Studio has released the Muppet Thought of the Week video featuring the first ever performance of Kermit the Frog by Matt the Vogel. And we're going to talk about that. But first, we've got housekeeping and a few other fun segments coming your way. MuppetHub.com is the main website for this show, and you'll find it at MuppetHub.com. I'm still in the process of finding a way to redesign the website to consolidate it, because it currently has a whole bunch of pages and crap that aren't really up to date. So just keep an eye out for the new Muppet Hub. And again, soon. he's apologizing for the content. Ugh. I uh, I wouldn't apologize for the content if it wasn't crap. I like the content. You're fine. It's fine. I have websites that are totally outdated, or web pages, I mean, that are totally outdated. Gotta clean them up. I gotta get rid of the crap that's that's that doesn't need to be there. I just okay. want to make everything nicer, right. and this is an exciting thing. The website's going to get better. If I ever get around to making it better, this could be a very exciting thing. This is this is an up thing, not a down thing. I'm not bringing you down, Gruus. I'm not. So ha ha ha. Yeah, two people got that. Two people. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. There's else. only two people listening, and that's us after we record this. So. Everyone else is just totally confused. <laughs> <laughs> to contact me, shoot me an email at me, M-E, at MuppetHub.com, and you can follow me on Facebook at MuppetHub.com slash Facebook, and on Twitter at JD11PC. All right, Steve, your turn. Hey, my turn. It's Steve Swanson, creator of the Muppet Cast, which you can find online at MuppetCast.com. My email address is me, M-E, at MuppetCast.com. So if you have any questions or comments about the Muppets, the Muppet Cast, or pretty much anything else, you can find me there. The Facebook page for the Muppet Cast is facebook.com slash MuppetCast, and the Twitter and Instagram feeds are both at MuppetCast. Isn't this guy a pro, folks? He's got it down you know, At this point, that's all just like muscle memory. I know. It just like comes out. I know. Weird. It just falls it, with, with perfect uh, enunciation and just, you've got that down so well. I'm so impressed. You'd think that'd be worth some money to somebody, but right. no, surprisingly not. I know. Well, speaking of contacting us, some of you have been doing just that. Our listener Jeremy asked if we would be doing a podcast on Matt Vogel's Kermit, and fortunately this is that. And also we received fan art, that's new, from Clayton Roderer. Readerer. Raiderer. Look, I can't even pronounce Rainier, mobile. Maybe? I don't know. I can't even pronounce mobile. 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 Whatever. So don't expect me to do better with names. Anyway, this fan art is actually a picture of Steve and myself as Bert and Ernie, which is hilarious. And I yes. think you listeners will uh, probably be seeing this image around Muppet Hub much more often very soon. I, I think this could make for a good logo for it's the podcast. It's so great, yeah. It's really fun. It's really fun. Uh, Muppet Hub also received a very kind donation from a listener by the name of Brian, I think. So I would like to thank you very much for that, Brian. And I think that's going to be very helpful as I'm trying to redesign this website and find a good WordPress theme to use. Uh, but until that redesign, the donate button will stay right on Muppet Hub's homepage in the center column. So that is a great way for listeners to help keep this show going. 
Heck, if not for the money, I wouldn't even be recording this show on the new Kermit video because, let's face it, I really don't give a darn about my listeners. And speaking of listeners I don't give a darn about, we at Muppet Fans Talking recently received a voicemail message from our friend Daryl Dudd from Alabama. Hi, Steve. Hi, JD. This is Daryl. Daryl Dudd from Mobile, Alabama. Maybe it's mobile. Mobile, I don't know. Anyway, I'd just like to take a moment to address some of these rumors about Steve Whitmire. Now, like many listeners, I read on the internet that Mr. Whitmire was fired because supposedly he was gerrymandering. Now, I for one know that this is simply not possible, and to prove it to you, here he is now, my neighbor, Jerry Mandarin. Uh, now? Yeah, now. now. Uh, hi, I'm Jerry, Jerry Mandarin, and I am not Steve Whitmire. And Jerry, has Steve Whitmire ever been you? No, he has not. And there you have it, folks. Thank you for your time, Steve and JD. Keep up the good work. Now, if you'll excuse me, I gotta go borrow the lawnmower from my other neighbor, Phil. Phil a buster. Thank you very much for that, Daryl. It's always great to hear from you. And with that, it's time to move right along to Life Talk. Life Talk with JD Hansel. Okay, so this is, of course, the segment in which Steve and I talk about our personal lives. And now I sound like Kermit from the uh, <laughs> the promo for um, The Muppets on ABC. Remember that? Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're getting to The Muppets on ABC? No, we'll get to Kermit. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to Kermit later. We'll, we'll yeah. get to Kermit later. For now, we get to talk about what's going on in our lives. And, um, right. well, Steve, what's going on with you? Uh, well... Life is good. Uh, music's good. I read some interesting books recently. I told you about some of them. Um, I read Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth, which uh, the author should not have read for the audiobook. Uh, Steve Martin, Born Standing Up, which he does read as the audiobook, and he's amazing. Um, let's see. I read Mark Manson, The Subtle Art of Not Giving Up. Ooh, we can't say that word, but that's actually the title. Uh, great book. You want a lifesaver of a book. Uh, that's a good one. But right now... I'm reading uh, something by Rick Hansen called Buddha's Brain, and I don't know if you'd be into that one or not, but that talks kind of about how neuroscience and a lot of different Buddhist teachings and practices kind of go together and how that benefits us in everyday life. So I've been kind of reading a lot. I do a lot of uh, audible audiobooks, so I don't actually sit down and read all this stuff, but um, that's been good. Let's see. Life in California is good. I think I mentioned last time that life in California is kind of getting to feel a lot more normal recently and uh, I think I can expound upon that a little bit more now too I think the shine is definitely uh, worn off the bell and uh, it's still good but you know what here's what life in California is like JD Uh, everyone is a crazy hippie Mm -hmm. and yet at the same time inexplicably rich Mm -hmm. and if they're not a crazy hippie they're a crazy Orange County um, I'll say a Mm. D-bag they they wear these like trucker hats and a tank top and most of those are 25-year-olds who are somehow driving BMW 7 Series. But it doesn't matter so much what kind of car you drive because you can't drive anywhere here because traffic is almost constantly at an absolute standstill. Mm-hmm. And once you get wherever you're going, you can't park anywhere. And if you do get where you're going, and after an hour of driving around incredibly narrow side streets, you happen to find a parking spot, oh, and I hope you're good at parallel parking or fitting into minuscule parking spaces, mm-hmm. then everything there is crazily expensive and overly priced. Mm. Um, in fact, you know what? 
the one thing going for everything here is the weather. It's fantastic, but I'm not sure that's enough to countermand all the other stuff I just mentioned. It is the one thing that everyone says is so great about living out here, but... Well, you know what? Okay, so someone smarter than I made this analogy recently, and it's true. Living somewhere like California, where the weather is in fact so great, well, the weather isn't enough to balance out the rest of it anymore. Here's the analogy. The California of today is the aging gal at the bar we've all seen and sometimes pity and you know exactly what I'm talking about. She's got dyed hair, implants, a little too much plastic surgery, and she still thinks she can trick everybody else into thinking that she's still in her prime. She knows deep down that she's not in her prime, but she's still trying that all the other crazy stuff that used to be enticing, well, maybe not enticing, but cute, Okay, maybe not cute, but she's actually stone-cold crazy, but we at least overlooked it when she was 23. People tend to overlook craziness for hotness. I should know. But the fact that you're stone-cold crazy and have a borderline personality and horrible traffic and no parking and sky-high living expenses, all that gets overlooked when you're 23 and hot. If you're that chick, everybody used to want to buy you a drink and be right there with you at the bar, regardless of anything else. They all wanted to be, you know, part of the experience. But now, 20 years past your prime, when you've got no idea how to run your economy and nothing to show for your years of drunken debauchery and irresponsible government, now you'll find more people leaving you alone than perhaps you planned on when you were boozing it up in college. Because nowadays, compared to you and all of your nonsense, even Florida starts to look pretty cute after a drink or two. And that's life in California these days, JD. Hey, Steve. Yeah, JD. Where do you see yourself in five years? Probably at least seven years older. Hmm. You know, that's a little ambitious. Well, you know me, I, uh, I tend to throw myself into everything with uh, about 110% effort. So if you average that over about five years, you get about seven years out of that, I think. Hmm. That's fair. That adds yeah. up. All right. So that's your life. Um, that's, yeah, what, what's up with you? Not that much. Just uh, classes getting started again, getting used to being back in uh, back in the swing of things at UMD. I don't know if this is interesting, but I was recently at the New York office of the Jim Henson Company. Is that oh, is that an interesting? Wait, what? Thing? Oh, I heard something about that. Yeah, you didn't tell me ahead of time, you jerk. But. Yeah, I had to find out from your mom that you're at the Jim Henson Company. I didn't tell you ahead of time? No, you didn't tell me ahead of time. Surely I told you I was planning on going to the Jim Henson Company. I told everybody. You didn't tell me and don't call me Shirley. No, I think you just yeah. forgot. You forget everything. I don't, wait, wait, I don't remember forgetting anything. Well, that's on you. So, yes, I was fortunate in that I was able to get a little tour of the Jim Henson Company offices, and yet I fear that if I start talking about that trip, because I also went to the Museum of the Moving Image as well to see their new Henson exhibit, if I start talking about that trip, I could be talking about it forever, and I don't want to do that. I'd rather do a different podcast episode on that Well, subject. I understand, I, but I know that one of the highlights for you, because I did see this on your page, was you did get to meet... Uh, your Muppet girlfriend, as it were, Tamanella Grinderfall, and I think you were a little excited about that, right? I was a little excited about that, yes. It was, uh, it was a pretty exciting... Pr I mean, I've, I, I've met a Tamanella, the one at the Center for Puppetry Arts. This is a different Tamanella. I love them both. Um, they're both really beautiful, I think. Such great puppets. Um, so similar and yet so different? Yeah. 
they just, they each have something special about them, you know? It's just, yeah. I still want to see the original Taminella, like the one that's, that's like, really kind of flat, you know what I mean? Really wide. JD. Yeah. This is the closest you'll ever come to dating twins. Well, that's sad. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so here's, here's what I'm going to do. Since I don't even know what to say about this trip, um, because I saw a lot of interesting things, I'm going to just let you ask me a few questions. What are you curious about, Steve? What did you see at the Jim Henson Company that you can't talk about, JD? Interestingly, I think they actually hid some of the stuff that I can't talk about because... You're probably right about that, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, they knew I, I did see a picture of you website. with uh, Fraggles and a Gorg. That's true. More interesting than, than the Fraggles and the Gorg is that they're on top of that uh, famous desk that's oh, sort of got yeah, like an Egyptian Frith. theme. Yeah. You know, yeah. the different Muppets carved into the reception desk? I've always wanted to see that desk in person, and the fact that I Isn't touched it, great? it just blows my mind. So that was cool. No, but was I think... Was the Kermit the Frog phone still on the desk? No, they moved it for the okay. Fraggles. Um, oh, okay. So that was... Yeah. Now you've did made you made me disappointed. The, uh, did you see the Dark Crystal throne at the conference table? Uh, it wasn't at the table itself. Yeah, I saw the throne, though. I saw the Dark Crystal throne... I yeah. saw the uh, the stained glass window of Jim and Frank performing Ernie and Bert. Yep. Um, the... Was Oscar there? No, but they had a whole bunch of different puppets from... Well, the New York offices, you know, the Henson Company offices in New York, that's where they build the puppets for Sesame Street and dress them up in yeah. their costumes and stuff. So we did do... The thing that everyone wants on the tour of the Henson Company, going around to different drawers, opening up a drawer. Hey, there's Ernie in this drawer. Hey, oh, there yeah. are Grovers yeah. in this drawer. So we did a bit of that. Um, and, of course, the bit where you open up the drawer filled with all the eyes, open up the drawer filled with all the noses. All the stuff that you would want from a little Henson Company tour. And mm -hmm. what's interesting about the eyes is that it seems like with all Muppets going all the way back to, well, Taminella, they always t for the pupils will start with a circle of like foam or something and then they cut in a little wedge into the middle of the circle so that they can pinch it together and make it more of a cone so that it'll have the same round shape as the rest of the round eyeball huh so if you look closely at the museum exhibits you'll notice that um but i know that they they did have some secret stuff going on at Henson Co. because they weren't allowing me to take pictures. Um, oh, they generally, yeah, they, they don't. I remember it was seven years ago when I went, and there were certain things that, yeah, we couldn't take pictures of. Like, I didn't take a single picture with my phone. Not a single one of a single thing. Yeah. Susie, who was giving us our tour, she took the photo of uh, me and my friend at the... Uh, at the desk with the fraggles and that was that um i think a lot of it was just because uh they've got the happy time murders project going on Mm-hmm. yeah and those are of course foam puppets i don't think that's any secret that it's the felt kind of puppets not the latex kind of puppets and that stuff has to be done at the henson company offices because the uh the creature shop in california is for the latex Right. for the creatures so they hid a lot and what was out wasn't much, but um, I can understand why they wouldn't want me photographing that. So that's. But probably you got the fragile the picture. Now, were there were any uh, were there any doozers in that picture? 
Not in that picture, I don't think. No. Why? Okay. Why do you ask? I was just curious. So. It's interesting, because um, when you go into the Henson Company offices, you're kind of expecting that there's basically just going to be Raleigh Crewson, and then a whole bunch of other girls who help with puppet yeah. building, and then one guy yeah. sitting at a computer doing design work. That's kind of the stereotypical image that you get. It's just Raleigh Crewson and friends. And then when yeah. I went there, much to my surprise, I found out that stereotype is exactly true. Yes, it is. Exactly true. Like, I walked in, I think, during their lunch break, and I look over, and at this table, here are all of these girls seated around uh, Raleigh Crewson, who's in the back, centered like like the freaking Last Supper. Yeah. Lit from yeah. the back is Raleigh and then her disciples. Very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's about what I expected. It was fun. And then, of course, they have the archives right there, ne- Karen's office, next yes. to the puppet stuff. I wasn't expecting that, but it is all very close together. So, it's fascinating. Well, it's a big warehouse kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's fascinating that, I mean, space is at a premium anywhere you go in New York. So, you walk past this place, and if you didn't know that Henson was there, I mean, you'd go right past it. There's no sign like there is here in L.A., um, it's not really marked until you go into the building, and then it will direct you, you know, to the right entrance. But um, even when you go yeah, in the building, it's, it's not marked. Like you no, have to go no, up the not. elevator and stuff. So, mm-hmm. fascinating stuff. I'm going to talk more about it later. But yeah, I liked the trip to Henson, and I loved the trip to the Museum of the Moving Image because I finally got to see, at long last, the uh, full pitch reel for the Muppet Show. You know the bit where he's doing the "You should buy this show." That bit. Oh yeah. At the end. Infamously, Kermit comes out and swears. Yeah. That's yeah. supposed to be there, and they cut it from the DVD release. I've always wanted to see that. I never thought I'd see the day. And sure enough, Yeah, I think he comes out they, and he says, like, what the hell was that? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. And they play it in full at the museum. It's fantastic. It was it made my day. That made me so, so, so happy. Yeah, we should probably do a whole separate show on That's that. That's what I'm thinking. A, I think yeah. that trip I, I already recorded myself talking about it like the night I got back, so I have a recording of all the information I could possibly remember about this trip. Good, good, yeah. That was the smart thing to do. That was my mom's idea. Thanks, Ma. So, that can be its own separate show, but that's basically my uh, life update for right now. Okay. And hey, JD. that brings us both up to speed. Yeah, Steve? Where do baby doozers come from? Well, you see, Steve, when Doozer Daddy has his doozer drill... Oh, okay, that's enough. Okay. That's that that that's fine. That's fine. I was just testing you to see if you, if you knew also. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. What's next? What where are we going? What's next is Muppet News. Oh, thank God. Yes, so I just talked about Happy Time Murders in the Life Talk bit, so of course it's coming back in the news, and I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the fact that Happy Time Murders is actually happening, but sure enough, we keep getting more and more and more news about it. Of course, now that I've actually seen that working on this, I know that this is real, this is not just a figment of my imagination, but... According to The Hollywood Reporter, now the former Saturday Night Live star Maya Rudolph will be joining uh, Melissa McCarthy 
in the Happy Time Murders, and it looks like the Happy Time Murders, maybe this maybe this is something everyone else knew, but I didn't know this, is going to be directed by Brian Henson. I don't know if I knew that or not, he, but I know it now. Yeah, now I know it. He is set to be yeah. at the helm of this film, which is good because he's been fighting for this for such a long time. It's good that he's getting to be the one who'll take the credit for it. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, unless it ends up not being good, in which case that's that's a shame. But I think, you know, well, let's give it the benefit of the doubt here. I mean, we've got some funny people working on this now, multiple people who have experience doing stuff like SNL um, and people who have made me laugh in the past. So I'm good. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with this cast and I'm happy with the director because when was the last time we've seen Brian direct anything? Uh, it's been a long time it's it's actually it's been forever since we've seen him direct a uh, film noir murder mystery with puppets at this least is going to be, so. three years at least three it's been at least three years since brian henson has directed something like this yes man i just need more of my film noir with puppets so in other muppet news we have to say goodbye to a dear friend of ours yes it is the passing of the muppets courtyard in disney world now, uh, I don't want to talk about this. Now, uh, to be fair, it was only named the Muppets Courtyard in 2016, like April of 2016. And now, in a, within about a year, they've turned around and decided they're just renaming it something else. It is now well, becoming Well, it was unofficially named the Muppets Courtyard forever. Sure. Like, that's the... Th- all the fans called it that. I mean, no one calls it the Mothership except me. I get that. I but- call it the Mothership, Steve. Well, I appreciate because I but, believe in you. <laughs> but everything else in this area was pretty Muppety themed, and now it's not. I mean, I was—we talked last time that I was really worried that the facade of the building had changed, and I thought that maybe indicated that they were going to swap out Muppet Vision 3D. Turns out that's not the case, right? As far as we can tell, Muppet Vision 3D is staying, and they might actually be doing a Muppet attraction in the Star Wars land thing that's also a possibility that's a little farther off but uh yeah they're gonna basically rebrand or retheme the entire area all around muppet vision 3d as grand avenue which means they're taking out if you've been to disney's hollywood studios before there's a great big area that's sort of a it's like a set piece a version of a new york city street and it's a very faithful recreation of something you might see in New York. There's even stairs going down to the subway and all these kinds of things. And, of course, the stairs didn't really go anywhere. But if you wanted to pose for a picture, it, it you take a picture there, it looked like you were in the middle of New York. It was really pretty cool because you were in Florida. And then you walk around the corner and you're in the Muppet area. All that's changing. It's just all we know is it's going to be something called Grand Avenue, which is why the Muppet Vision 3D Theater is called the Grand Theater. Uh... But we don't know how it's going to look, what's going to be there. All we know is that the film is safe, the interior of the building is safe, and for some reason, Pizza Rizzo is safe. But uh, unfortunately, JD, and I know you're going to be really disappointed about this, I'm pretty sure that the Gonzo bathrooms are gone. I know! Mm. I know it's a shock. Mm. But, um, I mean, we that's that, that I, I hate to say it, and it's sad to say, but that is just money down the drain. Hey, Steve. Yeah, JD. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? Uh, not that any of my lawyers are aware of. Hmm. That brings us to the last big news story, at least as far as I can tell, which is the new video featuring Kermit. And I know you've been waiting this whole podcast episode to hear this, folks. Oh, boy. So, All right. here it comes. 
right after this commercial break. Greetings from the management of MuppetHub.com. We at Muppet Hub are proud to be presenting the following message from the management of JDHansel.com. Greetings from the management of JDHansel.com. We at Hank Slaben Enterprises are proud to be presenting a new podcast series, Cool Night with J.D. Hansel. This music-based production gives your friendly neighborhood J.D. his own radio show for playing great music. In this great new program, we explore the sounds that fit the aesthetic of night. Whether it's the classic, easy-listening classics from the 1950s, or the technological sounds of the future. If it matches the moonlight, you'll hear it on Cool Night. Gosh, what a load of cheesy crap. Uh, Listen to great artists like Brian Wilson, Aretha Franklin, Bob Seger, Hart, Ella Fitzgerald, Billy Joel, Electric Light Orchestra, and so many more. All without paying a dime. And for legal reasons, don't tell your friends about the not paying a dime part. Don't don't tell anyone about it, please. Uh, just enjoy it while it lasts, and we'll hope for the best. Visit jdhansel.com slash pod and start listening today. jdhansel.com. We're an already established brand. I always felt that my hands are, like, too scrawny. It doesn't make sense because I'm not a scrawny person, though. I think I'm kind of chubby. But it's no, not like my no. hands are really small. They're just weird. Huh. Really? And uh, wait, oh, oh, wait, wait. We're, we're back. We're back. Oh, we're Hi, back. Hi, everyone. Hey, everybody. It's time for the Kermit Gate update. Hey, JD. Yes, Steve? Can you ever really get drunk if you're the president? What makes you ask that question? Uh, no, nothing. I just, uh, just thought I'd hand you that one and see what you did with that question there. Well, I don't, I don't have much that I can do. I don't see... What does being president have to do with getting drunk? I can see how being president is related to getting whatever you want for dinner. That's oh, obvious. Oh, well, that, that is true. Yes. But I don't see what it has to do with your ability to get drunk. I mean, of course, you can, you can get drunk no matter who you are. Well, be, well I, I, because you have the codes, you see, if you're the president. And I'm not sure if I want president to really oh, have the codes. No, yeah. you shouldn't get drunk if you're the president. No. That's, okay, see, that's, that's what, what you're talking. Okay. I thought you were talking about: Is it possible for you to get drunk? If you're no, of the course president. it's possible. Right. You don't get some special power once you're elected. Well, you weren't clear. That's what you made it sound like. <laughs> I what, see. You. That's that's what I. That's why I was so confused. But no, sure. Okay. Sure. If you have the nuke codes, then it is irresponsible for you to ever be drunk because then you might, you know. Take a selfie. You might start singing on national television or something. <laughs> and 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 you text a mean, a, a mean text to a foreign leader. Right. Then they text something mean back because they're also drunk. And so then you, without thinking, nuke them, and then we all die. I mean, humanity could be ended by grown men acting like fifteen-year-old girls. You know, is it really wise for us to be judging grown men? who act younger than their age, Stevie? I don't think so. How did we get here? Hey, how about this? Let's talk about the uh, the Kermit stuff. Yes, let's go back to yeah. the Kermit Gate update before okay. you derailed me, Stephen. Right. In this segment, which I can't imagine we'll have to do too many more times, Steve and I take a look at the latest developments in the story of the recasting of Kermit the Frog. 
Hopefully we won't be talking about Steve Whitmire too much more. I want him to just stop with the blog posts and let us move on with our lives. Um, but, I mean, we'll see what comes of this. This week, we're obviously discussing the recent Muppet Thought of the Week video that introduced Matt Vogel's Kermit the Frog. Needless to say, Steve and I thought it was really cool. Because Oh my gosh, this was so great. It was! It was very impressive because I think you and I, you know, we were expecting a normal Muppet Thought of the Week, something that would be like 30 second, seconds, uh, just a yeah, fluff piece. Really. And I mean, you know I'm not the world's biggest fan of those pieces, so I wasn't really sure if I was going to be looking forward to seeing this, even or not. Right. You know? Well, I think part of why it took so long for them to release it was the fact that they were trying to really go big and make sure that the, you know, the the, int the introduction for the world to the new Kermit the Frog was going to be big. I would never have guessed that within... Did they ever? I never would have guessed that within the, uh, the YouTube format that they do, they would go for 40 minutes, which is... I mean, the big, I talk mean, about rolling out the green carpet, as it were. Uh, technically, it's only 39, but still... Uh, it's basically a 40-minute video here just for introducing and celebrating Kermit. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. I, I Should feel, we just uh, yeah. get into some of the highlights? Yeah, let's kind of run through some of the main points. I know that the listeners okay, let's, have already let's, let's seen it. Let's start with it. Act 1 from the video. Well, Part 1. They didn't call it Acts because that would be going a little too far. They called it Part 1 and Part okay, 2, well, yeah. and they had the commercial break in the middle. Acts would be a bit too far. But anyway, so That's, they open it up. Yeah in the very heartfelt way that you would want with Kermit, performed by Matt Vogel, singing Being Green. Um, you well, know, not just Kermit, I mean... Not it, it starts off with just Kermit, um, which I like, and then you actually see it paired with clips of previous recordings of Being Green, like you see the Jim Henson recording of Being Green, mm -hmm, which I thought yep. was a really nice tribute. Once you get towards the end, that's when they bring in the boys' choir. That's when which, the camera backs out, and the Los Angeles boys' choir come in with, I mean, true to Muppet form, modulation, key change, in come the strings, in comes the, I mean, really, I it, I thought it actually was a bit much, quite I honestly, but still, it was... But it was the prettiest version of Being Green I've ever heard. Oh my god, we'll have to play it later on, I'll, I'll grab the audio from it. Sure. Um, yeah. And then, of course, once they've done their big opening, then Fozzie jumps in as the MC. Interesting seeing Fozzie in the MC role instead of Kermit, but it makes sense for what they're doing. And he, you know, and I thought that might have been Gonzo. Uh, he might have done better as that, but it was, it was nice to see Fozzie. Well, it's, uh, it's because of yeah. what he was doing on um, Up Late with Miss Piggy. Okay, good he point. He does the yeah. same kind of thing. Yeah. He jumps in, you yeah. know, this is a celebration of Kermit the Frog. Ba -ba -ba. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, introduces the the... Who's in the just the two guest stars, and then they do the bit where they sit down and he should chats. we mention the guest stars now? Huh? Or should we? You want to mention uh, the guest stars now, or should we? They'll they'll come up when they come up. Um, okay, that's fine. That's fine. So Fozzie sits down and he has his chat with Kermit about Kermit's career, and we learn some interesting things here. I like that we learn that uh, Kermit used to have the donut stand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that Kermit is a juggler, a juggler and a ventriloquist. Ventriloquist. Yep. Well, the thing about the ventriloquism is that it's another one of those jokes about puppets performing puppets. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. Which are the best kind of Muppet jokes. Um, and he was just so natural right away on the couch with Fozzie. Yes, completely. You you believed that, I mean, maybe this was also part of why it took us so long to get the video, because you could tell that Matt had developed this rapport with Eric's Fozzie that was just so natural, so beautiful, oh and my so gosh. funny. And when he yeah. improvised this stuff, you know, I mean, I kind of got the sense that he's making up new things about Kermit, but they feel true to Kermit. They really do. Um, like yeah. like how Kermit learned to dance by trying to avoid getting his uh, avoid having his feet eaten by the alligators, right? Right. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, that was that's funny. it's yeah. a very clever little visual cuz you just imagine him, you know, dancing really fast trying to tap dance. It's you know, it's the clever stuff like well, that. It's yeah. new, it's different, but it still fits our idea of Kermit. Um, well, and then the lead-in to he actually talks about uh, he used to ride a unicycle and then we get to see Kermit get up and ride a unicycle on stage. Oh my God. Well, they not just on the stage though. The way that, what really sur just shocked me was the well, way they, con they continue the unicycle into him riding it around in, Down into in the, the park, out in, out in public. Very reminiscent like, like of- uh, Great of, Muppet uh, Caper. Great Muppet Caper, yes, exactly. Right, with, with Couldn't We Ride. And that makes me wonder, when did they shoot that? Right, Because yeah. other people would have seen it Mm -hmm. And so they had to be so careful. But I guess if Matt Vogel wasn't there, they weren't necessarily giving anything away. Yeah. But it was just a, clearly a very careful closed shoot and a very impressive special effect. Absolutely. More impressive. You couldn't see any arm rods or anything. It was great. Probably more impressive than the bicycle riding, I think, is a unicycle. So Arguably. 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 Yeah. Then, of course, we cut back into the studio. Miss Piggy shows up thinking that she's there for the video called, you know, Miss Piggy, a celebration of moi, because she always thinks everything's about her. <sighs> With all the moi jokes. I know. Yeah, it yeah. does feel like we're regressing, but I don't know. This wasn't as bad as it has been. Um, okay, yeah. So then this is where it gets really fun. Fozzie gives Constantine, yes, he's back, the job of pretending to be Kermit in order to keep Miss Piggy occupied. You know, and that was an interesting use of Constantine because I never thought that we would actually hear Constantine's voice ever again. And yet, you know, here he is. So that's that's pretty cool. No, what's cool is it's Matt Vogel performing Constantine doing an impression of Kermit well, while yeah, Matt Vogel's yeah. also performing Kermit, which yes. only Matt Vogel could do. It takes right. someone just incredibly impressive with with a vocal range I do not possess. Someone like a like a Mel Blanc. Mmm. Yeah, I could see. I could hear like a Mel Blanc doing that. Sure. Yeah. Incredibly impressive and a, and a funny bit because you know maybe Maurice Lamarche. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, I, I, I haven't really watched much Futurama before, but my roommates have had it on lately, and Maurice does a lot of the voices on that show. Oh my gosh, he's great, yeah. He's great. Um, he and Billy West are most of that show, I think, and they're yeah. just fantastic. So anyway, um, Kermit and Carly... Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. They do the duet of I Really Like You, which was, I guess, one of her more famous... I only know her from the, um, uh, Call Me Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, Carly Rae Jepsen has become, uh, quite an act. Okay. What? Nothing. Okay. Anyway, so Kermit and Carly, they do the duet of I Really Like You, which then, of course, they pair with the footage of... of Constantine and Piggy in the dressing room as she's all over yeah. him and Constantine's grossed out by it because he's pretending to be Kermit and then you get the commercial break then part two um, part two opens with the Kermit and Simon Pegg doing the tap dance which was of course the homage to um, Gene Kelly 
Yeah, this is the part Gene two. Kelly this is where things it. kind of. You want to talk about running off the rails a little bit? Yeah. I was surprised they went here, but you want to talk about what happens next? Um. So Miss Piggy comes out of her dressing room with an exhausted Constantine who looks totally worn out. He's got the kisses all over him. And I feel like it was sort of implied that the two of them yeah. had just been having, like, crazy wild sex for a long time. It's it's really... I mean, this is Disney we're talking about. And, I mean, I know the Muppets can get a little bit more raunchy. And we've... I mean, let's face it. We've alluded to uh, frog and pig sex for decades now. Yeah. Um, People were even upset when we thought it wasn't happening anymore because they broke up. Um, so apparently, I mean, if you want wild pig and frog sex, this is where you're going to find wild pig and frog sex from now on. <sighs> so so then uh, Piggy sees, you know, the two Kermits. She sees Kermit and she sees Constantine as Kermit gets confused and she faints, which is weird for Miss Piggy. So I'm honestly more worried about the portrayal of Miss Piggy right now than I am about the portrayal of Kermit. Because um, by the up and through this whole thing, I should say Matt Vogel as Kermit has been perfect. Like he sounds exactly like the perfect hybrid of Jim Henson's Kermit and Steve Whitmire's. Well, it's like I mean, point. so many comments that we saw this week. People think that uh, this Kermit sounds exactly like Kermit's always sounded, and so mm -hmm. I mean, it, and I, I have to after seeing this video, I have to agree. I wasn't really sure, but um, I mean, it's it's such a. It's a, it's a stark difference between Constantine and Kermit, so that's great. Um, and yeah, you, you can really see um, in just so many different dimensions, so many emotions that Kermit kind of went through. And I think they probably wrote that into the script on purpose so we could really see, sure. you know, hey, this is the new Kermit. This is, he, he's got, I mean, meet the new Kermit, same as the old Kermit, kind of, but in a, in a way that's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then we get the, the really weird underwater number. Which I don't even know what to make of that. It twelve minutes is too long for an underwater number. I'm sorry. Well, but yes, but that also kind of harkens back to the Great Muppet Caper because there were some. I mean, there's a, a big water number in that. Right. Uh, that's um, a, why. What's up with all of these homages to Muppet Caper? Well, I, I mean, I think it's an unsung hero of you know Muppet films. Anyways, I mean, it's 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 obviously one of the best Muppet films ever made. It's not the best. The Muppet movie. Op occupies that, but I don't know. You know actually, the, I'm I'm torn well, right think now. Well, no, because the the most recent film they did was Muppets Most Wanted, and if that film is similar to any other film, it's very similar to Great Muppet Caper. So they're probably trying to maybe push that movie a little bit more. I mean, it's only been a few years since it's been in theaters, so th that it makes sense that they would still be you know really marketing that movie very hard. Huh. Which is probably why Constantine's involved in this thing. See, exactly. So then, yeah. so Piggy comes to and she reveals that she's, you know, she's actually really happy for Kermit and that, that this is his celebration and she wants to help celebrate him. So that's, that's a little bit, that shows that she's had some development. This is clearly the mm -hmm. Piggy after the 2015 Muppets this TV is today's series, which Piggy. is good. Which is yeah. good. She's not quite as selfish. She turns around, she gets a bit more selfless and she just wants to make his, uh, his his special as big and as special as, as possible and it sounds really sweet up until she says that now he's gonna owe her an even bigger um presentation for her birthday right birthday present yeah right so there's that but i guess they had to find a way to make it a joke somehow um of course yeah and then the, no, the writing on this was was very very good i thought yeah well matt vogel did most of the writing Oh, that would okay. That would explain it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's apparently that that can sometimes just come with the territory. Yeah. 
then uh, then then everyone sings just one person, which is a little bit weird because that's not. I, don't, I think the reason why they did just one person is because it was not really motivated by what's in the story of the video, even though there hardly is one. It's more so because they're trying to say, you know, hey, let's all believe in Matt Vogel as the new Kermit without having to right. address the fact explicitly that it's Matt Vogel and it's a new Kermit. Exactly. Yep. So it was very smart. I think it was incredibly well done. The only weird thing is that it seemed like I kind of got the sense that all the Muppets kind of looked homemade. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like Gonzo's nose um, looked like it was more just like a pipe cleaner than, yeah. you know, an actual... I mean, the, the puppets did look a little, you know, kind of a little cheap. Yeah, like like I could have made them. And it, it felt sort of like, well, like Carly Rae Jepsen didn't really look like Carly Rae Jepsen and Simon Pegg didn't really look like Simon Pegg. Like Kermit the Frog's... He was. It was. He kind of looked more like a sock. In fact, um, he kind of looked like a Kermit the Frog sock, sock puppet. So. And most of them. But, but I thought maybe they, you know weird. they don't have a major project right now. Maybe that was just a budget thing. Maybe that you know I, I I didn't really put too much thought into it because um, I just I was really I, I was we had been waiting so long to see this new Kermit video that I was just so happy to see it. I think. Hold on. Did Piggy and Fozzie sound weird to you? I mean. A little. I, I I really didn't really pay that much attention to it. I was really more focused on how Kermit the Frog was going to sound. I mean, holy crap! Okay. Holy, wait a second. What? 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 Oh, oh. Uh. Oh gosh, Steve. What? We were looking at the wrong um the wrong video. What? You're not going to believe this. What we were just talking about. That was a fan-made production. You're ki- no. I'm not kidding. No, the, that's not the real Muppets thought of the week. Well, but what? What? But this is 40 minutes. Well, okay, hold on. All right. Okay, that was a 40-minute like huge. Somebody out. I don't know who it was. Um, now I'm not going to read the username. Uh, if you want to, that's fine. But I'm I'm not really going to go there. But. Uh, right. You know, if someone wanted to make that much fanfare about the arrival of the new Kermit, well, I'm sure the new video has got to be... Okay, so if this was a 40-minute production, what is that? Is, is the real one, like, what, 20 minutes? Okay, so I'm at the Muppets YouTube page, the official one. Here it is, Muppet Thought yeah. of the Week featuring Kermit the Frog. Okay. Um, okay, so it's like 28 seconds long. Wait, 28 minutes long? Okay, that's, that's not seconds. bad. It's, 28 seconds. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold on now. 28, 20, 28 seconds? Yes. What? Like, and it, it, keep in mind, it opens with Uncle Deadly, like all the other Muppet Thoughts so, yeah, Thought of the Week. Exactly. And it closes with them, so it's more like... How many, how many actual seconds is the new Kermit the Frog on screen? By it, my it, count, 14. <sighs> 14... Seconds and then brand new. Currently, we had to wait three weeks to see it. Uh, oh my gosh! What? Okay, okay. So, what? We obviously can't talk knowledgeably about this because we haven't been watching it. So let's just take a break to watch this video about a million times over, and okay. then we can talk about it. Okay. Okay. So folks, listeners, just um, hang tight. We'll be back. 
it won't it won't seem that long for you but give us we're gonna take a little bit yeah please hold So, um, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it, it sure was, wasn't it? So now, folks, we've watched it. We're, we're very familiar with the, the real video, the video that all of you have seen. And I know that probably sounded really weird, us talking about, uh, well, a video that, quite frankly, I might have liked to see, but we didn't. Uh, so... Maybe, do you, do you want me to... I've, I've got a few thoughts if you want to hear this. I've, I've got a few thoughts, too. I've watched this video like 20 times, and it's very difficult for me to figure out what I think of it, but why don't you go first, Steve? Well, all right. And, and first of all, and I know we haven't said much on any of the podcasts about the Steve Whitmire thing and the blog, but um, I've just seen and read so much of that over the past few weeks that I'm sick of that, and I don't want to really cover that at all. But right. let's do talk about this barrage, this bevy, this veritable cornucopia of Muppet Thought of the Week videos. Because okay. it's not just one. And I, I think they served two purposes here. Because we, we saw, what, five videos in five days. And uh, so I, I came up with, with two main purposes that this really, um, this really, actually, no, make that three. Number one, it allowed fans to see the new Kermit. Right. Right. Uh, number two, it allowed the fans to immediately see Muppets other than the new Kermit. True. So if you didn't like it, uh, don't worry, because here's something else. Yeah. Um, oh, and number three, it brought a lot of new YouTube videos into the channel immediately before a big, huge, important live stage show at the Hollywood Bowl, right? Yep. And oh, and number four, it made the internet aware of the Muppets once again, if they hadn't thought about them in a while, immediately before a big, huge, important live stage show at the Hollywood Bowl. This is all true. Oh, and and number five, probably also kind of importantly, it took all the focus off Steve Whitmire. That was the plan. Yep, I I think it was. And I think a lot of us were very confused for a long time as to, okay, Disney, come on. You said you were going to release this video. Where is it? Why haven't you done it? Why have you forsaken us? And a lot of us, me included, I was kind of getting annoyed at the whole situation. And I was a little more annoyed, quite honestly, when uh, it was such a short video that did come out. And uh, but I well, I've got a few more things on that. But what 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 are some of your thoughts on this, JD? Okay. Um, first of all, it actually looked like they may have done some re-recording because if you look closely at the Uncle Deadly bits throughout this week, all of them, including the very first one, were they look different from the and now that they had been using in yeah. previous videos. So I'm wondering if maybe they came back to this over time. But yeah, I, I agree with your assessment that they decided to very strategically place this stuff right before the Hollywood Bowl and right after the Vo- the um, the Whitmire stuff died down. I'm much more interested in what we're dealing with in terms of the content of the video because they gave us a very short snippet of Kermit, but it was Kermit doing a few different things. You get like a little Kermit laugh, Kermit... Um, uh, Kermit pointing, you get different parts of Kermit's inflection in there. So it's a short bit, it's obviously not enough to know much about what Vogel's Kermit is going to be like in general, but it still has a very strong effect. Like right from the first two to three words when I first looked at this, it just... something about it felt very, very weird. And it's interesting because there have been many, many times when I've seen different people doing impressions of Kermit that were not perfect, often with puppets. And usually, 
it doesn't feel this weird. Part of that's probably because I'm used, I, I go, okay, it's a current impression. But it's not just that. There is something very different about Vogel's Kermit voice, something that feels very Vogel-y. A lot of it feels a lot like Constantine. A lot of it even feels kind of like his Big Bird in that, well, there's sort of a, I don't know, something about the tone of it feels like it's there's, there's an energy level kind of thing. It has something to do with that energy level, like there's... There's a certain timbre that that, that voice has. Yeah. So it was strange, yeah. and as, I, as I've watched it over and over, I thought I would get used to it, and in a way I kind of have, but it feels more like I'm watching a voiceover over Kermit, because the performance is good. In terms of physical movements, I mean, there's still a lot of Constantine, I think, in Vogel's physical performance with Kermit. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of times it felt like I was watching a hybrid between Kermit and Constantine. A lot of times yeah. it felt like I was just watching Kermit. It's just... It, it, I, if I, I, I did this experiment. I found if I was, like, if I had the video kind of playing on a loop, and then I looked away for a little while, um, and I was... Uh, as it's playing, I'm kind of looking at something else on my phone or whatever. I look back, I'm surprised to see Kermit when I look back because I think of the voice as being a Matt Vogel character, not yeah. as Kermit. So it throws yeah. me off, and then even now when I look right at it, something about it feels very uncanny, like the wrong voice is coming out of this guy. And I, for whatever reason, haven't had quite that same experience with Ernie. Um, mm, because yeah. first we had Billy covering for Ernie, after Steve Whitmire apparently left Sesame Street, now it's Peter Lynn's covering for Ernie. And again, in each case, neither of these voices is exactly what I'm used to. Um, and I mean, I really like Peter's Ernie a lot, but I still think that that may take a little bit more time for me to get used to it and a little bit more time for Peter to totally get used to the character. It's not mm -hmm. totally there yet, but I still felt like I... I bought it. It didn't... It never... It, it was still clear that it was supposed to be Ernie, and it never had an uncanny, eerie quality to it. The Kermit that I'm seeing from Matt Vogel is a little bit more unsettling, and I can't figure out why that is. Because I feel like I grew up with Ernie at least as much as I grew up with Kermit, so it's not that thing. It's not like it's just because Kermit's more important. That's not true. There's something else about it. I think it's just that what... I, I It's just that Matt just sounds so, so, so different. And mm -hmm. I don't yeah. want to go hard on him, because again, I've only seen a few seconds. He's been really nervous about this. And I know that if he's given a little bit more time, he's probably going to do better, because he's an amazing performer. He, he needs more time to get used to this. I don't think he was expecting to have this role right, exactly. thrust upon him. Yeah. So, I, I gotta give him the benefit of the doubt, but just from what I've seen so far in these few seconds, I am a little bit concerned because the whole thing just feels so weird. It feels it feels a little foreign. Yeah. Now you're gonna By see way, him to at go the back Hollywood to something Bowl. that you did. I, I am, and to go back to something you said a little bit ago, completely unrelated, of course. Um, Peter Zerny sounds like a '60s action star. I don't know. Really? Starring Peter Zerny, machines can oh, also wow. kill. Yeah, Peter Zerny. Okay, I hear it now. Interesting. Uh, sorry, just had to derail you there. So you're going to see them up at the at the Hollywood Bowl. So you're going to get to hear a lot more of this than I am. A lot more I of am. Matt's Kermit. 
So I'm well, waiting for you to fill well, me in. Well, so I get to hear Matt's Kermit uh, this coming Saturday night um, when you're hearing this, and uh, September 9th. Actually, my buddy Chris Harris will be out there, your friend and mine. He'll be seeing them twice as much as I will because he's going to the Friday and the Saturday night show, and I'm a little jealous about that. But um, <sighs> That guy. Yeah, he's, we're going to have a grand old time out there. Uh, this was an interesting video. This was an interesting way to present the new Kermit the Frog, and after waiting for it for so long, uh, when I heard Matt's Kermit for the first time, I'm thinking, you know, is is that how I want Kermit to sound? No, it is not. But I also don't think Matt Vogel wants his Kermit to sound like the first time he performed it for the entire rest of his career either. I think he's probably very happy with some aspects of his performance and not happy with others. And some things that there's, I'm sure there's some things that he's intent on working on and evolving his skills as a puppeteer for quite a long time. As it happens, Matt Vogel is very good at what he does, and so he probably does see things that he immediately wants to fix, and might not even be able to fix them immediately, but he has ideas for things about his Kermit that he wants to make a little better here and there, and as time goes on, he'll be able to do that. So, as a Muppet fan, I like Matt Vogel as Kermit, maybe not so much as it is today, not so much because of what he's doing right now, but because of what I think he'll probably do in the future. It's kind of like a, a liking on good faith. Yeah, um, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also heard a lot of Constantine in Matt's Kermit, and I think I expected Kermit to sound different from Constantine. I, I did read on one Facebook comment that said it sounded like someone was doing a Kermit impression, and I'd agree with that, were it not for the fact that this is now the person who was Kermit's official performer. You know, have I heard other people who could do a better Kermit impression? Absolutely. Now, JD, I think you do a better Kermit than what I saw in that video, but your Kermit is now officially an impression of a different era Kermit. That voice we all heard is, in fact, Kermit's voice as it is today. You don't have to respect this particular Kermit, is what I'm saying, I think, but you must respect the office of Kermit, I mean, the character of Kermit the Frog. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling similarly. I don't know, it just, it feels like it isn't official, though. It, it... I know. That's, it's because it's the first one, that's why. I don't know, maybe, I think over time we'll get used to it. it JD, it, the first time it happens is... I don't know. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> you try so hard. Um, hey, JD. Yeah, Steve? Okay, stay with me now. If The Muppet Christmas Carol was the first Muppet movie to come out after Kermit changed hands from Jim to Steve Whitmire, and Kermit just changed hands again now from Steve to Matt, does that mean we're about to get a new best Muppet film all over again? See, now we're actually getting the Muppets Hanukkah Carol, which is not going to be as good. Ooh, yeah. I'm sorry, it's just... It's but very funny writing, I'll bet. Hilarious writing. <laughs> yeah. See, here's the problem with your Hey JDs. You throw <laughs> these in very often when I have somewhere to go, and then once we're done with them, I have nowhere to go. Oh, no. <laughs> You tend to kind well, of leave I, I, me stranded. That felt like the end of the segment. That's why I was throwing it in there. Oh, okay. You yeah. thought it was the end of the segment. Well, that's I did. Nice. It kind of felt like we were winding that one down. But if we're not, I mean, by all means, just you, you've answered the question on tape, and now you can keep going. Hey, Steve. Yeah, JD. Are you legally authorized to work in the United States without sponsorship? I'm only legally authorized to work in the United States if I'm working from Canada, New Zealand, and New Mexico. 
but those are the only three places. Okay, good to know. Now, I really like, with these Muppet Thought of the Week videos, the use of Uncle Deadly here. Yes. I yes. will say what's made them really enjoyable is Uncle Deadly's intros at the beginning and end, or intros and outros, I should say, keep getting better and better. Like, his frustration... His, his exasperation with, oh, yeah. And it's, it's not the kind of anger that we're used to from Muppets, because we're used to Muppets when they get upset, they flip out. Deadly is a different kind of character. We're seeing well, something yeah. from the Muppets here through Deadly that I don't know we've seen from the Muppets before. And it's fantastic. I love it. Um, it and then It's truly wonderful. I guess the only other thing we could touch on from here is just what it's like having a whole bunch of other different sounding characters. Because we've got Statler, who's performed by Peter Linz, and so far I think I like that. We've got Ernie, as we already mentioned, who's performed by Peter Linz, and I think I like that. And now, today, even though it's not a Steve Whitmire character, I think we've learned that we have Harry Monster uh, performed by Peter Linz. So, oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Well, I don't know. I feel like I kind of wanted Harry to not be voiced by anyone ever again after Jerry, just because Harry... I don't know. You just... You like Jerry's Harry. I like Jerry's Harry, and I feel like Jer Harry is... I feel like Harry is too close to Jerry. Like, there shouldn't well, be I a know, Harry I know without that, a Jerry. Well, I know that someone besides Jerry's Harry is a little scary, but... at the <laughs> <laughs> You don't even have the rest of the sentence, do you? Oh, I couldn't get to it. I, okay, I'm, I'm going to try that one again, though, because... You don't okay, want to keep the laugh? No. Okay. I'll, I'll put it in the outtakes. Okay. Well, I mean, I know that... Uh, nope, can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> No, we're going to keep the laugh in, in, in line and we'll just keep moving on. So we just laughed, and I'm sorry, I got nothing. Thought I had a line. I don't. Okay. Nice try. Thanks for playing. And with that, it's time to Very move nice on. Very nice try. Very. What? Very nice try. Oh. Well, excuse me. Mm. I'm a little wary of this segment now. <sighs> and now it's time for a new favorite segment, You Must Choose. Yes, now I know the segment title is not a Muppet reference, but we're working on it. And in this part of the show, I give Steve a selection of Muppety things to choose from, and he picks his favorite. So, we've got a few new Muppet books coming out soon that look pretty cool. One of them is a labyrinth-themed coloring book for adults. Uh, but more importantly, we're getting a special collection of Muppet Babies comics being re-released by Marvel. But less importantly, there's a new book on the Dark Crystal. It comes out September 19th, and it's mostly just a collection of concept art and other... Uh, well, it's, it's another one of those visual guides like they did for Labyrinth. It's going to give fans a special look at the designs that defined the different creatures of this fascinating world of Thra. So, Steve, okay. now you must choose between the two sides of the species that was so famously split by this Dark Crystal, the Mystics or... The Skeksis. Go. Oh. Well, JD, this is an easy one. I mean, honestly, I'm uh, a little surprised that you gave me such an easy one here. And the many, many times we've done this segment, I mean, how many years has it been now? And, you know, maybe it's my fault. Maybe, just maybe, after enough of these segments, you're just out of material. And this is the only thing you could think of that's left to do. I mean... Okay, the mystics of the skeptics. You might as well go back to 
God, what was it, our 50th or maybe our 60th time we recorded this segment? You might as well just ask me to choose between Miss Piggy or Miss Mousy again. Okay, Steve, you must choose. Which is it? Mystics or Skeksis? Oh. oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Well, I mean, as I said, J.D., I mean, on one hand, you've got the whole gentle and wise mystics, and they're clearly the good guys in this... Uh, can you call it a story? In this world, in this thing that is the Dark Crystal, and they've even taken upon themselves to raise Jen, a boy named Jen, which is actually a Johnny Cash song now that I think about that. Did you know that? Johnny Cash actually wanted to write a song about a boy named Jen, and his manager at the time said, no, Johnny, that'll never do. You gotta write a song about a boy named Sue. And so he did, and in a weird twist of fate, Johnny Cash would go on to sue that very manager a few years after he did The Muppet Show, where he appeared alongside the well-known country DJ, Big Tiny Tall Saddle. And did you know that in his later years, Big Tiny Tall Saddle adopted seven semi-identical septuplets from Guatemala, six of whom exactly looked alike, and one of those very septuplets grew up to be the man you know today as John Oliver. Steve? Yes, JD? You must choose. But I just did. I mean, okay, fine. I'll try to say it another way. Look, it's very simple. The mystics are obviously supposed to be the liberal, spiritual, hippie side of the spectrum, right? I mean, they live in caves and they're in a little commune and they play their little drums and they eat their little doozer towers. No, wait, that's the other thing. Uh, the Skeksis, um, I'm not really sure who they're supposed to represent. They've got that scraggly kind of gray skin and talking these shrill squawks. There's really not much to their faces. They just have these, these little dark beady eyes and a beak, and one of them actually looks a little bit like my aunt. <laughs> Good old Aunt Ifa. Yep, Aunt Ifa. Such a stupid name, really, Ifa. That wasn't even her first name. That was just her nickname. All Steve? of her friends called her Ifa. I think her real name was Doris. Steve? Stupid. What? Yeah? Hmm? I think I know what this is about. What, 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 what are you talking about? I think you can't choose between the Mystics and the Skeksis because you just hate talking about the Dark Crystal. Well, no, that's not true. I, I see why you might say that, JD. And, but, you know, maybe you have a point. The, the more I think about that, it is kind of hard to compare just these two species. I mean, we haven't even talked about the Podlings yet, and I think they probably deserve more attention than either of these two. Think about it now. Really just take a moment to consider just what the podlings had to deal... Now, stay with me. What did the podlings have to deal with? You know, it's a miserable existence if you're a podling. You look like a potato. You walk around all day full of essence, but what does it really get you? You're constantly on the run, getting kidnapped by the Skeksis and drained out, and you've got nothing in the way of natural defenses. You're stuck on a planet with no story at all. You know what? I'm choosing the podlings. Pod lives matter. That's my choice, JD. I told you this was an easy one. I choose the podlings. But that... The podlings weren't even on the table. That doesn't matter. I choose the podlings. Steve, why do you hate the Dark Crystal? You know, JD, that's a really good question. And I don't know if I hate the Dark Crystal. I just... I don't know if I understand the Dark Crystal sometimes, you know? And I've really spent a lot of time 
you know, thinking about it, I've watched the movie several times. I've watched the movie with a lot of Dark Crystal fans before, but, um, you know, I just wish that there was a way that I could reach into the Dark Crystal and really ask it some tough questions and maybe, just maybe, we could come to some kind of understanding. Well, you know, Steve, that sounds like a great segue into this week's Fan Letters. Dear the Dark Crystal, Hi, it's me, Steve Swanson. I know we've had our differences. We haven't had the best relationship in the past, but I'm reaching out again to you. I want to understand you. I want to make it work if we can. A lot of people say you're great, and I've never understood why. You probably are great. Maybe it's just something I haven't gotten yet. Can you please explain why you're a great movie? Signed, Steve Swanson. Dear Steve Swanson, Fear not, Steve, for many people have been confused by my ways, just like you. But I have an explanation for all things you do not yet understand. You see, a thousand years ago, this land was green until the crystal cracked. A single piece was lost, a shard of the crystal. Then strife began, and two new races appeared. The cruel Skeksis, the gentle mystics. The Skeksis with their hard, twisted bodies, their harsh, twisted wills. For a thousand years they have ruled, yet now there are only ten. A dying race, ruled by a dying emperor. Signed, The Dark Crystal. Dear The Dark Crystal, This is what I'm talking about. Starting there, the way you just did now. This isn't helping your cause. I've noticed that this is the way you tend to start conversations. It's a little weird. Like I'm supposed to automatically care about all these things you're saying. Because you're saying them dramatically and slow like that. You know, just because things are sad doesn't mean they're important. This isn't hot topic. Is there perhaps someone else over there I could talk to? Signed, Steve Swanson. Dear Steve Swanson, Absolutely. Jen, please explain yourself to Mr. Swanson. Dear Steve Swanson, I will try to do what you ask of me, though I barely understand. I'll tell you why The Dark Crystal is a great movie. I'm not ready to answer your question alone. All right, alone then. This segment is weird. Who are you anyway? Maybe you murder Gelflings. What am I doing here? Signed, The Dark Crystal. Dear The Dark Crystal, What are you... That... That doesn't make any sense. What are you even saying? And based on what information do you make the assumption that I murder Gelflings? You did this kind of stuff in the movie, and it didn't win you any brownie points. 
And you know what? Even if I did, you've been the only Gelfling anyone's ever been aware of your entire life. So I must not be all that busy lately. Look, I'm giving you an opportunity here. A lot of people think you're like a weird and socially awkward kid that, I mean, a weird movie that doesn't have an interesting story and doesn't explain things well. Like, you have a lot of cool stuff, but you never really do anything with it. Listen, you seem like you're really creative and you have a lot of potential, but you just kind of sit there in the corner, away from all the other movies, talking to your friend Labyrinth. I just want to get to know you. Now, can you please, in no uncertain terms, explain to me what you are and why you are a good movie? Signed, Steve Swanson. Dear Steve Swanson, Very well. I can explain. The crystal must be healed before the Great Conjunction. It is the end of everything. Or the beginning. No, 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 no. That's not what I asked about. No prophecies now. No weirdness. Just answer the question. Start over again. <sighs> there are many things I could tell you. How do I choose? The prophecy says that a Gelfling will heal the crystal. Will bring an end to the Skeksis. I find Kira. She shows me Fizzgig. And we dream fast together. We escape the crystal bats. She shows me the podlings, her clan, her family. The podlings must evade Skeksis, who drain them of their essence. Everything must be done before the three sons join in one. Wait, wait, wait. You're still... You're just saying things. You really can't do this, can you? Dear the Dark Crystal, It pains me to say this, but I think we need to go our separate ways. You're just too different from me. I do think that you believe that you're expressing yourself. You believe that you're telling a story and being creative and intriguing, but I just see you as being dark and weird and dense with jargon-filled dialogue with no reasoning behind it. I wish you the very best of luck with your shard, your conjunction, and all the weird plants and stuff running around with you. As you're fond of saying, I don't understand, but I'm sure it will all work out in the end. Maybe one day you'll be able to explain just how you got this way, and I do hope you get that opportunity someday. There's somebody out there for everybody, and I'm sure that there's an audience out there who will love you just the way you are. You deserve that. Signed, Steve Swanson. Well, I feel better. Sometimes, JD, the best way you can love somebody is to just let him go. You know, it, it feels all right. Hey, Steve. Yes, JD. Do you believe it is ever acceptable to steal from an employer, even if the amount is less than $1? What would you do if you noticed a coworker stealing an amount less than $1 from your employer? JD, there's no right answer for that. The only answer is, don't take that job. Don't work at McDonald's. Just go down the road. Panera is just down the road. Or, you know, even Chipotle. I mean, I know what they say, but, you know, Chipotle could be really good for you. I don't think Chipotle is ever good for anyone. <laughs> 
And with uh, that, we come to the end with that. of this episode, this episode of Muppet Decidedly talking. not sponsored by Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, am I proud of that. Ugh. So here we are. I hope that you all have enjoyed our look at, well, a number of things, one of which was Matt Vogel's Kermit the Frog. I hope to see a whole lot more video of Matt's Kermit in the future so we can get a better sample of what it is that this new Kermit sounds like, but I'm I'm hopeful. I think we have great things to look forward to. What do you think, Steve? I hope to see a video like the one we described someday. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Boy, wow. It was <laughs> it was really fun for us to invent this whole video that oh does not exist. Oh my gosh, exist. you guys have no idea. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was it was hard to keep from breaking at many points in this episode, so we hope yes. you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Steve, where can we find you on the web? You can find me over at MuppetCast.com where you could email me with any questions you might have about the Muppets, the Muppetcast, or anything else. You don't have to me. do the whole bit again, the whole script the that whole you just again. did at the beginning. It's the same well, now, script on both ends. You need to have like the longer version for the beginning than the abbreviated version for the end. Well, actually, you know what, JD, in that case, I'm just going to do the whole thing again. Hey, you can find Muppetcast <laughs> on the web at MuppetCast.com. Email me, M-E, at MuppetCast.com if you have any questions or comments about the Muppets, the MuppetCast, or anything else. All the old episodes are still out there in iTunes, so you can search for the MuppetCast in iTunes and find all those. The Facebook page for the MuppetCast is Facebook.com slash MuppetCast, and the Twitter and Instagram feeds are both at MuppetCast. Hi, I'm J.D. Hansel of MuppetHub.com. You can email me at meme at MuppetHub.com. There, done, boom, moving on. That's the end of the show, bye. Hey, J.D. Yeah, Steve? What the hell was all that? It was the end of the world, or the beginning. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm J.D. Hansel, and I'm the end of the world. Hello? Steve! Hello? <sighs> Hello? Whatever you're trying, it's not working. Steve? Yes, that worked. Hey! Hey! There he is! Long time here no I is. here! Yes. It's been ages! How you doing, it man? It's been a long time. Yeah, I've I've been I've been well. I've been. Is your microphone on? Yes. You recording now? He. Yes. Good. 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 So I'd like to talk to you about what you wrote about killing people here. Okay. Um, I'm a little concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a long list. First of all. Hmm. Um. How do you want to do this? What do you mean? The opening segment. Right. How, what, I, I want to read it. Oh, okay. Just the way it is. What would you like to change, Steve? I just don't understand how it's... Okay, so I remember very clearly the Christmas opening. Uh-huh. That was done very well. Mm-hmm. And it was done for a reason. It would because that's how you know old Christmas specials happened 
back in the 70s and you were doing a 70s style Christmas variety show kind of opening and I, I got it. Sure. It made sense. It was a point. Right. Um, this. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, let's try it once, just however you're envisioning it. I'll, I'll read what you've got here. And we'll just, we'll see how it goes. But I, I just, I'm having a hard time kind of visualizing in my head how this is going to sound. All right. It's going to sound as awful as you think. Okay. Like, this is a terrible, terrible bit. I shouldn't and be doing it. why are we it. doing it? Why are we doing it this way? Because I haven't been able to get it out of my head because I find it so funny. I've been thinking about this for weeks. And it's just part of yeah. my really dark sense of humor. All right. Well, I'll. I mean, I, there are things that I've given you that I don't. I don't want to rewrite. So I'll go along with you on this. It's I. I like it because it helps to establish a part of my character that I don't think I've established as well as I'd like to, which is that I'm a horrible person with no conscience. And you really want to kind of develop that, huh? I think that's a funny part of the J.D. Hansel character. Yeah. Huh. Okay. It's a funny part of the Hank Slabin character. Uh, hmm. All right. Well, let's, let's give it a shot. It and see what, what you think. Um, with the first line, with the, with the first bit, start uh, trying, try to, you know, start cutting me off a little bit early. At, before uh, Ted Cruz? Yeah. Okay. Let's give it a go and see what happens. I think I have some all other right. ideas as backup plans. Okay. Hi, Steve. Hi, JD. This, this is Daryl. Daryl Dudd from Mobile, Alabama. Or, or maybe it's Mobile. Anyway, I'd just like to take a moment to address some of these rumors about Steve Whitmer. Am I Can close? you do that for Jerry Mandarin? Yeah, I can do that for Jerry Mandarin. Okay. My Daryl Dudd is, um... Hi, Steve. Hi, JD. This is Daryl. Daryl Dudd from Mobile, Alabama. That is Chris. Alabama. You're doing Chris Harris. I, I didn't mean to. <laughs> because I know that he's an intelligent person and Daryl is not. Right. Do, do it again. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Hi, Steve. Hi, JD. This is Daryl. Daryl Dudd from Mobile, Alabama. Oh, no. I'm not going to be able to do that with a straight face. <laughs> I'm not asking you to do that voice. Okay. Because I'm playing Daryl. You're just playing fine. Jerry. I want you to do Daryl Dudd, and I will do Jerry Mandarin, and let's record it now, and then I will filter it after the fact. And it'll be kind of funny because it's very obvious that it's us. Right. Okay. Let Let's do it. I'm let, not let's... sure I can get through it now. <laughs> it was honestly so hard for me to get through the bit the first time when I was doing it alone. Well, that's okay. This is the beauty of editing. So, mm -hmm. as as many takes as it takes to get through. We will we will get it done. You have no idea what else I have planned here, so oh this boy. is this is a good warm up. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> this show is going to be a nightmare to edit. I'm so sorry. That's okay. No, I want it to. I, I want it to be very very uh, good in the outcome, but it'll it'll take a little chopping up to get there. Okay. All right. Here we go. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. God. It's just such a right. mean bit. Okay, here we go.